0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. You know, we've been uh, talking about the miracle of forgiveness and uh, for, oh, this is about what? It's about a month. It's about part four, I think it is. And last week, there's a lot of people shared with me how God had really ministered to them and really helped them in some areas of their life when they were able to go to a cross and nail some things to that cross and leave it there. And nobody saw any of that, but God, I took those down. I put them in my campfire. And a day or so later, once there was nothing but ashes, as a tremendous storm came and washed the ashes away, Okay. It's gone, all right? But I would like to talk about the miracle of forgiveness again. And um, not long before she died in 1988, in a moment of surprising candor in television, uh, Marganita Lasky, one of our best-known secular humanists and novelists, said, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. I have nobody to forgive me. And we all need forgiveness, don't we? We need forgiveness like we need oxygen. We genuinely do. And then we need to be willing to forgive others. That is so important and so huge. How many of you here have ever been offended? Not everybody? Well, your day's coming. I'll promise you that, you know. I might offend you before the service is over. Who knows? No, But the truth of it is, you know, we all will be offended. The scripture even says so in this life, in this world, offenses must come. We'll talk about that at another time. But when you are offended by someone, you take up this offense and you'll never ever have another free day for the rest of your life you know, because what happens if you're offended and you don't deal with it properly, you'll relive that offense. It's like it's been recorded, like you see us have videos and all that we play from time to time. When you're offended by somebody, you'll relive that over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You'll relive that, you'll hear somebody's name and you'll go through it again and You'll think about what they did and what they, they said. You'll hear that air conditioner over here? They usually have that on a timer to turn off. You can just cut the wire on it, Tony, all right? We'll splice it back together another time. Okay. All right. Um, did I offend anybody by saying that? <laughs> oh, sucks. okay. I'll work a little bit harder at it, you know? Uh, A person who has taken up an offense and becomes bitter, be- becomes resentful, you know, who who begins to nurse a grudge. I'm gonna tell you, it makes life absolutely miserable. It genuinely does. It it causes you to become a victim. You know, you you're, you're put into prison. You- you're being controlled. When you have taken up offense or somebody who you have not forgiven, you are not living life to its fullness. If you have an offense in your heart toward anybody, it can even be an organization. You can be offended toward someone who's died long time ago, but you take up an offense. And see, we, we have received forgiveness from Almighty God, so we must forgive others, you know. Um, it says here, And and this is a a lesson I have shared, believe it or not, with so many pastors and so many leaders over the years, and I've talked about this so many times, it's something we need a reminder and refresher on from time to time, because offenses will come. People are going to hurt us and offend us. We know that. It says in the book of Acts, especially in the King James, it says, chapter 24, verse 16, it says, and herein do I exercise. Now, how many of you exercise? Yeah. Some of you get a hard time getting your hand up there. You know, I saw that. Need more exercise, I think, you know? But he says, herein do I exercise. Exercise, is it something that just automatically happens, or do you kind of have to plan and, and, and do it intentionally? Oh, you cut those wires. uh-huh. Now, it's not something that just usually accidentally happens. When you exercise, you know, you kind of plan on a time and what you're going to do and you're going to work certain muscle, you know, uh, parts and things like that. But he says here, and herein do I exercise. I mean, this is like training, but this is intense training. The apostle says, and herein do I exercise myself. Have you ever noticed you can't exercise somebody else? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could? Listen, I'm going to pay you the price of the gym and you exercise for me and I'll get in better shape, right? Does it work that way? Anybody ever tried that? Anybody ever paid for a gym and you never attended it though? Okay, it don't work, does it? He says, in herein, do I exercise myself to have, When? Always, 100% of the time, a conscience, void. The word void, you know, I shouldn't just pour this whole thing out, should I? I don't know how to illustrate it otherwise. Well, right here, this little cap, say the water is an offense, okay? It's full of offense. Can you see that? Now, the cap is void of water. There's no water there. Does that make sense? Okay. And you know what? I didn't make a mess today. That's unusual, isn't it? Okay. But he says here, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense. You know? Void. I'm, it's empty of offense. My conscience, I'm not, I'm not taking up offense toward God or toward man it says, I've exercised myself. So I am not offended at God. There are reasons we could be offended at God. You don't know how many times I've seen people. it's was like, God, why did you let that happen to me? Do you know what I'm talking about? We don't understand all of God's plan. He does work it all together for good. But sometimes it's hard to see that, you know, and sometimes it's like to a person. Why did you do that to me? We're offended at them. And here the apostle says, herein do I exercise myself. I've got to do this on a regular basis to always, to have always a conscience that's void, that's empty of offense toward God and toward man. I'm not going to allow offenses in my heart Toward God, and I'm not going to allow there to be an offense in my heart toward another man, or a woman, a boy, a girl, or a, a business, or an organization, or a nation. I'm not going to be offended, because see, I meant to to bring something here tonight, and I totally forgot. I got all kinds of traps around the place, you know, and I meant to bring some traps out here tonight, and I just totally forgot. I got caught up in, with my computer again, really did, you know. I'm learning some real lessons with my computer and my printer. They don't like each other. You know, if they don't get along really well together. You wouldn't believe what we had to do to get my notes printed off tonight. But I'm just going to tell you, if, uh, you've seen a mouse trap, you know? And I have this wonderful necklace that I made for myself, and it's a mouse trap on it, you know? And I usually cock the thing and just put it down there and just walk around with it there, you know? It reminds me of this lesson. Oh, y'all don't have a necklace like that? Just let me know. I'll make you one, okay? All right. But you know how, anybody here ever baited a mouse trap or a rat trap or any kind of trap? And what you got to do, you got to cock that thing, and then you got this little, uh, yeah, this little thing there where you put your cheese or peanut butter on, and it's really the trigger, you know, and you put it there, then you bring this other little wire over there, and you you, uh, set it, and if a mouse or something touches the little, I'll call it the trigger stick for the trap. You touch it, it goes off and it catches you. Now, the word here for offense, it says, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense. The word offense is scandalon, to where we should exercise, you know, to to make sure we don't take hold of offense offense, the word is scandalon. it means the trigger stick. When you take a, an offense, trap goes off. An offense, when you've got unforgiveness in your heart, bitterness in your heart, and often when you read the word bitterness in the Bible, it, it can also be translated poison. But when you have unforgiveness in your heart, you are touching the trigger stick, You are being trapped. You are. Somebody else might have did you dirty, and you're 100% innocent. But if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you know, as soon as you take that, you know, you, you, you take hold of the offense, you take hold of that unforgiveness, take hold of that bitterness, that resentment, you begin to nurture a grudge, bam, trap goes off. And you're the one who's trapped. And there are people who have not... One trap on them, they got what, a trap here and a trap here, one's on their ear, one's on their nose, one's on their toe, and because they've not learned to forgive. Now, I'm not sure. Let me see if I got him in here on my little pets. Uh-huh. Okay, good. good fella. All right, all right. Isn't he cute? Oh, he's really cute. Really does. I mean, he ate one of my chickens, you know. He tried to get out of my bag and eat that little baby rabbit. Did y'all see the little baby rabbit coming in tonight? Honestly, going to say there was a baby rabbit in the yard, Feather. I love baby rabbits. Mashed potatoes and gravy. And... Did I say that out loud? Have I offended you yet? <laughs> well, if, here's my grudge. Have you ever had a grudge against somebody? Your grudge may have been uglier than mine, you know, but he don't look too pretty anyhow. But have you ever had a grudge? And and I don't understand why people say, I've been just home by myself, just nursing my grudge. You ever heard such a term? Why in the world would you want to nurse it? I mean, that sounds like it wasn't doing so good. Maybe on the threshold of dying, but you brought it back to life, you know. How many of you want your grudge to 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 get well, you know? I mean, to be honest with you, you know, lots of people, we just need to get rid of that grudge, to be honest with you, if you can lock it away. But what do people do? They go, oh, here's something to eat. So-and-so did this to me. I was just thinking about, oh, here, here's something else for you to eat. Oh, I hope you get better, you know? You want to just nurture a grudge so it gets healthier, so it can consume you? And I'm going to tell you something that, You know, resentment, resentment is like, you know, taking poison into yourself and thinking it's going to hurt the person that you're upset with. It ain't going to hurt them. Resentment is very destructive toward us. We have got to forgive other people. We we must forgive other people. We have to. And the Bible explains, it says, and herein, Do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man? Don't touch the scandalon. Don't touch the trigger stick on the bear trap or on the rat trap or the mouse trap or or the fox or the coyote trap or or, or the wolf trap. Don't touch that little trigger, bam, because it will go off and it will catch you. And when you have unforgiveness in your heart, I am telling you, you are trapped. And you go, "Well, I'm doing pretty good." Just think how good you would be doing if you didn't have that trap grabbing a hold of part of you. And we got to get rid of those traps, you know, that hold us back and prevent us from reaching our full potential. That's what we got to do. So don't touch the scandal on, don't touch the trigger stick, don't take up an offense you know, against somebody else, you know. That's why I was going to show you, and I just totally forgot it. I was going to pull my little necklace out of here, and then I was going to touch it, and it was going to pop, you know. And it's just like that's what reminds me not to take up an offense, because it could hurt you. I reckon that little necklace might could hurt you, but I'll, I'll make you one if you want one, you know. To remind you of this lesson, don't take up an offense, It will hurt you far worse than you can ever imagine. Having unforgiveness in your heart towards someone, being offended at them, not forgiving them, that resentment, you know, that you carry, the grudge that you just keep, oh, how are you doing in there, grudge, huh? How are you doing in there? Oh, here's something else to eat. Yeah, I was offended again today. Okay. Then you nurture in your little grudge, right? But that thing will backfire on us. It really... Really, well, so um, we need to exercise our conscience to be void of offense if you want to be spiritually healthy. You are not spiritually healthy if you've got unforgiveness in your heart towards someone. you would be so much more healthy, so much more closer to god your <coughs> excuse me, your prayers will be so much more easy to be answered. If we forgave people who have hurt us, I mean, they are wrong. You know, they are wrong, but we've got to forgive them. God's word says we have to. And we are all being tempted. We are all being tempted to be offended at God. God, why'd you let that happen to me? We will always be tempted to be offended at somebody who said something or did something toward us. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes offenses They can be real, but sometimes they can be imagined. Do you know what I'm talking about? You could walk in the building here today, and I could be up here talking to our worship team, and I look over and see you walk in, and then I'm going, and you're going, he's talking about me. And I might be saying, that's one of the greatest leaders uprising in the near future. Do you know what I'm saying? But the devil whispers in your ear what? He's gospel, he's saying something bad about you. So we can actually take up an offense against someone and be 100% wrong, but we're still offended. We still have resentment because what we think they did or said against us, and it is so unhealthy for us. It really is. And the devil works for years to offend you who are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He works for years and plants all kinds of things in place So he can trap you. So you'll put your hand on the trigger stick and set off the trap that's got you. And you can get free of it. But it means you've got to forgive people from your heart. And if you don't forgive from the heart, you stay trapped. And you do not reach your full potential. And you experience some misery that you didn't really have to go through if you'd have just dealt with it properly, you know. Bitterness, resentment, you know, unforgiveness, you know, just nurturing and nursing that grudge back to health, you know, taking up that offense. That's the devil's work, and he works really hard to trap you and to trap me. And God don't want us to be trapped because we can't really accomplish what he wants us to do. The devil wants to neutralize us. He wants to take us out of the battle I tell you what he really wants, he wants to torment us, to torture us. That's what the devil wants to do. And the devil wants to make your life miserable in every which way he can. And when you are offended, you start going in that direction. You really do. Listen to what it says here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? and I forgive him. Now think about that. Now, Peter is trying to impress Jesus that he is really spiritually mature. And so he says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Huh? Pretty good, isn't it? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven now, what does that add up to? Four hundred and ninety times to offend some uh, to forgive someone who has forget uh, who has hurt you and you've got to forgive them four hundred and ninety times in the single day once the sun goes down and comes up it 's all washed away you've got to start counting again, and that's for. One offense. If they let the air out of your tires, that's one offense, and they might let the air out of your tires 400 times in a day, okay? But if they stole something from you, that's not part of the 490. You got to start counting, that's a different offense over there. I mean, that just makes me tired of thinking about trying to keep up with all the stuff that people could do to us. But Jesus said, To him, verse 22, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And if you can forgive and you go, I can't keep up with those numbers. I'm just going to forgive everybody for everything they've ever done to hurt me. I'm just going to forgive them the way that Jesus did. I would say you have obtained some massive victory. You are a victor and, and you've experienced victory when you can forgive because when you forgive, the trap goes open and you go free. That's just the way it is. And if you can forgive right away, the trap never even snaps on you. And then it says here in verse 23, Jesus is still talking. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Wow. Wow. That was millions, S, plural, millions of dollars. One serpent who had, he had entrusted over a lot of his resources and his treasures and all had abused and owed the king millions of dollars. Can you imagine that? And back in those days, it was worth a whole lot more than it is even today. It says in verse 25, Jesus is speaking He says, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. Get all the money you can from selling him and his wife and his kids, all of his possessions, sell it all and bring that money in and let's see how much he still owes. The serpent, therefore he heard all this and he fell down before him saying, master, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Now, it was absolutely impossible for him to pay back the millions that he has already taken, that he owed the king. It was impossible. And and he knew it, and the king knew it, but he was desperate and just saying whatever he could say, you know. I'll repay it all. And then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. released him and forgave him the debt. Now, here's a man who had become a victim of his own self because of his greed and whatnot, but now the king, the master, forgave him. I'm talking about he's experiencing a victory that he didn't deserve. Somebody else just canceled all of his debts, and he went out of that room <coughs> that day as a victor because of what had happened with the king. The compassion released him and forgave him the debt. Verse 28. But that servant, the one who had just been forgiven millions in debt, but that servant, who is now a victor, went out and found one of his fellow servants, a peer. They worked together. They had kind of equal authority And he went out and found his fellow servant and he was looking intently for that servant. He was really looking hard for him who owed him a hundred denarii, which was a very few thousand dollars. Wasn't much in comparison to the millions he had owed the king. So he went out and he found this guy, this fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii and he laid hands on him. He, He just grabbed a hold of the guy and then it says, and it took him how? Uh, now, can we demonstrate that? Does anybody mind me just getting you by the throat? and <laughs> It's kind of what it was like. It says, <laughs> let me find where I was at now. What verse? Oh, here it is. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant, who owed him a little, fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will will pay you all. And the truth is, given time, that servant could have earned the money to pay that back. He could have. It was within reason that he could have done that. And he, the servant who had been forgiven the millions of money, who was demanding his fellow servant to pay him the few thousand, and he would not. Although the guy said, I will pay you. Just give me a little time. But he would not. And this is Jesus telling this story. But he went and threw him into prison. He went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Now, I think it's kind of difficult to pay off a debt when you're in prison. It's kind of hard to really keep a good job going when you're in prison. But this guy had him thrown into prison. Verse 31 says, so when his fellow servants, his peers, saw what had been done, they were very grieved. And they came and they told their master, the king, all that had been done. And then his master, after he had called him, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And you can imagine the servant who's just been forgiven for millions because of the compassion of the king, he felt pretty good. Hey, the king wants to see me? Man, he's a buddy now, you know? I mean, he loves me. (laughs) And he comes in to see the king because the king is asking to speak to him. Verse 32, then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, exclamation mark. You are a wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt. I'm talking about millions, plural. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant? This guy who owed you a few thousand when you owed me many millions? Shouldn't you have shown the same kind of forgiveness and mercy that I showed you? Verse 33, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master, who had just forgiven him, was angry. He was angry And he delivered him to, what's that say? Torturers. Some translations it says tormentors. Look up the word tormentors in the Greek. It's torturers. You you know what a torturer is? It's not that they accidentally hurt you. They intentionally hurt you. You ever see the Passion of Christ? There were torturers who beat him and in inflicted pain before he went to the cross. And it says here Jesus says, and this is Jesus, not this is not just somebody who was in the crowd. And Jesus said, and his master was angry here and delivered him to the torturers. This is Jesus's words. And delivered him, delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Now, let me ask you why he's being tortured. Is he going to be able to generate funds? Not at all. He says, and deliver him over, turn him over to the torturers. This is what Jesus said. Until he should pay all that was due to him. The victor, this man who was walking in victory, now has become a victim of his own unforgiveness. He would not forgive. And therefore, the king took back the blessing of forgiveness. He says, you're not forgiven. Because you haven't learned to forgive somebody else. And not only that. You know, and I just went into prison. But turned over to the, what did it say? Torturers. Now, That don't sound like fun to me. And then Jesus goes on and clarifies. And this... This wakes us up. I'm telling you, there is a miracle, a miracle, the miracle of forgiveness, that God forgives us, and he wants us to forgive others. And it is miraculous. That guy was forgiven millions of dollars of debt, but he lost the forgiveness because of his own bitter heart. He took up an offense. He nursed a grudge. (laughs) Toward this other guy, you were supposed to pay me. You didn't pay me. Well, you got to pay me right now, you know. Took him by the throat, choking him, threatening him, and so forth. And Jesus said, verse 35, So my heavenly Father also will do to you. Now, this is Jesus saying, My heavenly Father is going to turn you over to the torturers. And you know who I've discovered that in our life the torturers really are? Sickness, disease, poverty, chaos, confusion, fear, anxiety, doubt, worry, all that kinds of stuff that Satan threw on Job. Now, don't misunderstand me. Just because you're sick don't mean that you got unforgiveness in your heart. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you got unforgiveness in your heart, you open up the door for a lot of that kind of stuff to come in. But all the kinds of things that the devil does to kill, to steal, and destroy, we open up the door. Now, we got stuff that comes against us and we fight against it and we become victorious. But when God, the Bible says, Jesus says, My heavenly Father will also do to you, He's going to turn you over to the torturers. <laughs> my heavenly Father will also will do to you if each of you, what's the next three words? from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. And when you forgive someone, that means you declare them innocent, not guilty. And when you forgive somebody, then you can't be over there in the corner going, let me tell you what he once upon a time. Let me tell you what she did once upon a time. Because that means you've not forgiven them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to forget it when you forgive. You genuinely do. And see, this is, I've had so many people come around this altar in the last 39 years. And a lot would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? That I can forgive so-and-so. I go, nope, I'm not going to do it. And they go, what? And I said, you got to do it. And I'll coach you through it. And then I'll coach them how to do it. It's not based on feelings. You just got to forgive so-and-so. Jesus forgave, didn't he? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. You remember people who nailed them to the cross? Father, forgive them. You know, Jesus did that. So I'd pray with people, you know, coach them through this, and they'd say, Father, I forgive. And I declare that man and that woman innocent, (coughs) not guilty. They come back next week and go, it didn't work. I'm going, what do you mean it didn't work? It worked. I was there. I saw it. I heard it. Well, it didn't work. (coughs) What happened is, They heard somebody talking about that person. Maybe they saw them. They started rehearsing, telling somebody what that person did. And they, although when they forgave, the trap went open and they went free. When you started talking about them again, you put your hand right back in the trap again. And you take up that offense and you get snapped. And now you're caught again. So here's where the exercise comes in. Oh. This is a secret. Well, and, and, and this is a topic I know well. Susan and I, through ministry, have learned this through the School of Hard Knocks. We've been, we've been there, done that, understand that. And what happens is when you forgive someone, then the next day maybe says, somebody says something about that person and you don't bring it all up and talk about all that was done and said, because you've forgiven them. And this is how you exercise your conscience to be void of offense. Your father, as you're thinking about I distinctly remember last week, I forgave that person for what they've done, just the same way you have forgiven me for all the things I have sinned against you. And I declare that person innocent, not guilty, the same way you declare me innocent and not guilty when you've forgiven me of my sins. Now, how many times do you do that in a single day? Well, if they've sinned against you 490 times, you shall probably do it 490 times, okay? But if you think about that person and you're kind of a little bit, resentment and bitterness is kind of coming back up, what you got to do is exercise. Father, I distinctly remember, two months ago, I forgave that person. I forgave that person. I declared them innocent, not guilty. And I asked you to forgive them and I asked you to bless them. And you might do it 100 times in a day. You might do it 50, you might do it 20 times, you might do it three times in a day, and it might get to a place where you only do it like once a week, where you say, Father, you're thinking about what they did. It's like, You know, I remember, you know, last year, I forgave them for what they did. As time progresses, you will feel sorry for them, and, and, and there's no more bitterness, there's no more resentment there, but you'll see, oh, man, yeah, I, I feel so sorry for what they did, and, Lord, just bless them and forgive them. They're innocent. I release them the same way you've forgiven me and you've released me. See, you stay out of the trap that way and you exercise your conscience. Every time you start thinking about what somebody did, you've got to exercise your conscience and say, Father, I remember forgiving them a month ago, two months ago, last year, whenever it was, and I declared that they're innocent. They're not guilty. I forgave them the same way you forgave me and I asked you to forgive them too. Does that make sense so far? Now, do we want to do that? Probably not. But it keeps us out of the trap. And when Jesus said, if we don't forgive other people, the way he's forgiven us, we get turned over to the torturer. I don't like that at all. That's kind of scary. Are, Are you a victim or are you a victor? You know, are you still going to just keep on nurturing that little old grudge over here? Oh, you remember what so-and-so did to me? Here you go. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're kind of cute little thing. It's like, ah! It grows. You feed that grudge information You nurture your little old grudge and it's going to destroy you and your family and everything that's dear to you. You keep nursing it and nurturing that little old grudge and that grudge is going to become the size of your house and eat you in one bite. So you got to forgive. If you don't forgive, you got several of these growing in all your closets at home. And all the cabinets and drawers too. Now some of you going, have I offended you yet? <laughs> I think we ought to just leave him where he's at. And I suggest you never feed him with information. Don't nurture your grudge. Let him die. You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to have something that's going to destroy you and those that are dear to you. You don't want to go there. In his book, Lee, The Last Years, you know, Robert E. Lee, Charles B. Flood, who wrote the book, he reports that after the Civil War, Robert E. Lee, he visited a Kentucky lady who took him to the remains of a grand old tree in front of her house. There she bitterly cried that its limbs and trunk had been destroyed by federal artillery fire. She looked to Lee for a word of condemnation to the north or at least a little sympathy for her loss. After a brief silence, Lee said, Cut the tree down, my dear woman, and forget it. It is better to forgive the injustices of the past than to allow them to remain, letting bitterness take root and poison the rest of your life. A wise statement. Are you allowing bitterness to poison the rest of your life? Have you found yourself in the hands of the tortures and you don't know why? Well, then we need to learn how to intensely exercise. We need some intensive training to exercise our conscience to be void of offense. I forgave him. And I'm talking about people who's really hurt you the way Jesus said, Father, I forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. You remember when Jesus said that? Oh, that was terrible what had happened there. Jesus died on that cross to forgive us of our sins. And the truth of it is, he forgave the men who was causing all the pain with the scourging and with the nails and the whips and all. And then Jesus modeled forgiveness for you and for me. Let me just read this. I want you to have it in your notes in Matthew six twelve. It says, and Jesus says, and forgive us our sins. He's teaching his disciples how to pray and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Can we read that out loud together, just that part? And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Wow. Father, please forgive me the same way I forgave that lousy old scumbag over there, you know. And God says, you want me to treat you the same way you treat him? Verse 14 says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Verse 15, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Hmm. You ever say something like, well, I just don't feel like my prayers are getting through. Well, maybe they aren't. (laughs) Because if you're bitter and resentful and you've taken up an offense and you've got unforgiveness in your heart and you're just nurturing and nursing that grudge, it's hard to get your prayers answered, to be honest with you. Whatever you nurse, it gets healthier, you know. Mark eleven twenty two says, Jesus was a matter of fact. Embrace this God life. Embrace this God life. I mean, have faith in God, really embrace it. Verse 23 says, and, and nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, for instance, just say, go jump in the lake. No shuffling or shilly shallying. And it's as good as done. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely what? Everything ranging from the small to the large, include everything as you embrace this God life and you'll get God's everything. And when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. If you have anything against someone, what's that next word? Forgive. Forgive. And then what's the next word? only then will your heavenly father be inclined to also wipe your slate clean of sins. When you're praying and you've got unforgiveness in your heart and God brings it to your mind, just deal with it. Exercise your conscience right there. Forgive them or restate the fact. Exercise. Father, I, I remember a month ago, I, I forgave them and, and, and I've released them and, and I declare they're innocent. They're not guilty because I've forgiven them and I ask you to forgive them But if you have unforgiveness in your heart, your prayers don't have much of a chance to get answered. That's what Jesus is teaching us here, you know. Forgiveness is unlocking the door to set a prisoner free. And what happens is we discover the prisoner was me. When I forgive somebody, those traps open up. It's like, wow, I got more freedom than I ever knew possible. My prayers are starting to get answered like like amazing When we forgive and we get rid of the bitterness and the resentment and we stay away from that grudge, I'm going to tell you, it changes our life for the better. And Jesus said, when you forgive, only then will your heavenly Father be inclined to forgive you and wipe all your slate clean. That's what he says. Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Can you see God in your life right now? I mean, really on the move in your life? You are know, going, I'm struggling to see what God's doing in my life. Well, maybe, just maybe, there's some bitterness or some resentment, and it can go back a long ways. Just maybe. But blessed are the pure in heart who has forgiven and released all that, for they shall see God. But when you're offended, you rarely see God on the move. You rarely can see that, you know. You only see the offense. And he did this and he did that and she did this and she did that and rarely do you see God on the move. You're not free, you, so, you see. So if you keep your conscience void of offense, you know, while the devil's roaring and other people are just running from him, you're hearing that still small voice of God. And the armor is being tweaked and it fits you right. And, and you are equipped to fight off any of the devil's tactics at that point in time. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them, you, whose heart is perfect or pure toward him. But see, when we're offended, we don't have a pure heart. Our heart is contaminated, and we're caught in a trap, you know. Oh, there's so much I want to share with you, but I don't have time to go into that and that. Hmm. Whew, wow. What I want to do, I want to share a song with you. So we'll, we'll deal with all that stuff at another time. I'm telling you, there's miracles attached to forgiveness. And we cannot afford to nurture a grudge or to be bitter or resentful when we feel justified in doing it. Because it entraps us, it hurts us, it imprisons us. So we've got to forgive, not based on feeling, but based upon what Jesus did. Father, forgive them, they don't know what they do. So let's just bow our heads if we could right now. And I would like us to declare our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life on a cross to forgive us, And then has challenged us to forgive all other people, whoever they might be, whatever they have done, that we forgive them. And in doing so, we're acting like Jesus. So would you declare your faith with me as we pray, reaffirming your faith. And if you're here tonight and you've never declared your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, would you join us tonight and believe in him and receive him into your life? Whether you're here or downstairs in our cafe, in our balcony, or you're watching online, would you join us right now as we pray? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for sending your son Jesus. What an awesome love you must have for us. We believe that Jesus died in our place. And he paid for our sins. And we believe that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. And that he's knocking at the door of our heart. And we open wide that door. And we receive Jesus into our life as our Savior, as our Lord, and as our King. We are so sorry for our sins and we're sorry for the times when we've been unforgiving. We release the grudge and the bitterness and the resentment and all offenses. We release it all and we want to be more like Jesus. Work a miracle in us, Lord and work a miracle through us to touch other people's lives. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, if you prayed with me tonight and you welcome Christ into your life for the very first time, if you'd stop at our Connections desk on the way out and let them know, they'll give you a little gift bag. It's got a Bible and some other goodies in that. You know, and let them know if it's your first time. We got another little gift, real awesome little gift for you just to say thank you for coming. We hope you come back. But if you need some prayer, you know, around the altar, there'll be some folks who would love to pray with you. And I am telling you, God answers prayer. But as we leave this place, let's see, did did we get a uh, Connections card tonight? I didn't grab one. Can I borrow yours, dear? And this is what I challenge you with this time. says, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, and always, I will forgive those who hurt and offend me following the example of Jesus. If you say, I'm going to do that because I want to walk in miracles. I don't want to be turned over to the torture. If that's you, check it off and drop it in the tithe box. And, uh, you know, I would pray that As this becomes a reality to you, man, you just can't keep it to yourself because everybody wrestles with unforgiveness at times. Everybody's got a little grudge that they keep feeding, you know, and we can give people hope and, and help them find the freedom that they need and don't ever lay hold of that trigger stick of offenses again. With that, I think that's pretty much it. God bless you. You are dismissed. Well... Wow.